Hey, and welcome to the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. My name is Lamont, and I'm your host. And uh, we're rocking, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, thank you so much for the support. Shout out to the Facebook group, HVAC Apprentice Podcast Facebook group. Shout out to the Instagram page. Thank you for everybody who has liked, commented, subscribed, all that good stuff. Hey, um, it's been a good week, man. Oh, almost finished the full week back from quarantine. And uh, I love it, man. I just, I'm telling you, man, this this trade is just awesome. Um, this week was definitely a different week for me. Uh, it's funny because the way the work week goes for me, um, it never fails, man. Um, on break, you know, during my quarantine, I, I normally go back and, uh, when I'm off of work, I normally go through and, and, you know, focus on the areas that I'm kind of weak in when it comes to troubleshooting and things of that nature. And I just look at videos or I read, uh, certain books in regards to what it is I need to help me get over the hump. Right. And, um, it's funny because during the quarantine period, I started looking at plumbing and it just so happens when I get back to work, my very first few calls, not just one, but my first few calls, uh, were boiler calls or, um, tankless calls or situations where the uh, bladder had ruptured on the expansion tanks. And, um, I had to drain the full system down or, you know, get air out of the line, what, whatever, man. So it's just, it's funny how that works. Um, and it just shows me that I'm kind of in tune with what's going on because, uh, in a way it's preparing me for what my work week is going to be about. And, um, I, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. So I got, uh, some good news. Um, a guy that I used to train, a guy that was featured on the podcast uh, called me up and was like, hey, I've been offered a position of service manager. And man, when I tell you that is awesome, like, bro, that is awesome, bro. Like, um, who would have thought a guy that I trained is in a position now to become a head of a department uh, in about six years? So, I mean, again, I, I can't take credit for his work ethic because uh, the guy is a workhorse, man. He is dedicated to his job. He's dedicated to the trades. Um, he's a perfectionist when it comes to whatever he does, and he puts out good work. This guy's awesome. Uh, shout out Dan, bro. Dan, the man, he was on episode eight. Go check out that episode if you have not checked it out already. Uh, this guy's awesome, man. He's in Boston. He's doing his thing. And, um, I'm proud of you, brother. Um, yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, man? We've talked about a lot of mindset. We've talked about motivation. We've talked about reaching goals, setting goals. Uh, we've talked about building value as you're, um, going through the trade as a technician, you want to build value for the company. You want to be seen as an asset, not a liability to companies. Uh, so that way you can raise your stock. Um, we talked about frustration last night. We, we touched briefly on how frustration can be a motivator for you to get you in a position where you can overcome certain obstacles and look at those obstacles. When you've finally climbed that mountain, you can look back and say, man, this was not as bad as I thought it was. 
Um, I think that's one of the greatest things about the trades is that there is always a learning curve. And when you get past that learning curve, you get past that hump, you look back and you'd be like, man, I struggled that much. <laughs> like how, <laughs> like how was I that terrible <laughs> as a technician, man? Um, I do that all the time. And oh my gosh, I am almost ashamed of my first year work, man. Uh, I've gone back to some of the calls that I was on where um, I just didn't know what I was doing whatsoever. And man, it's it, it's dangerous because you don't understand how much um, inexperience can weigh on the customer and how it can weigh on the technician. Well, I mean, it can actually weigh on the company as well because the company is going to lose money, um, you know, training you. The company is going to lose money on callbacks. And um, especially if it's, if you have a technician who uh, really doesn't care, integrity is not there. Man, that's that's hard on customers. It's hard on companies. Um, so again, this podcast is for those who are wanting to be, um, the great technician, the one who has integrity, the one who's going to go the extra mile, uh, because he understands that it's going to pay off in the end. It always does. It always does. Um, and those who take the shortcuts will be looking at you with disdain when, uh, you surpass them. I mean, and that's just the truth of how it is, man. Um, so I don't really do a lot of troubleshooting, uh, on this. I don't want to get too technical with this podcast. Um, there will be a time for that, but it's, it's kind of hard to do a technical podcast in 20 minutes. Uh, especially when the podcast really isn't geared towards that it's geared towards the mindset of the individual who's in the trade, uh, to keep you in the trade. Um, the Facebook group really is for the, the technical troubleshooting of everything, uh, so if you do need help, we are there to reach out. Um, just reach out. I mean, somebody will be in contact with you. Somebody will respond. Um, and like I said, we're, we're pretty good about that. We're not going to um, make you look like an idiot because we understand there there is a learning curve. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about today is um, when you get to the point where your basic tools have done pretty much uh, everything that they could possibly do. Um, and your, your level of knowledge is kind of outgrowing your tools. Um, it's time for you to upgrade. It's time for you to upgrade, man. Um, because in this trade, technology is really changing the way we do things. Uh, it's changing the way we, you, you know, even look at the systems. Um, I understand we got a lot of guys out there who love the analog, uh, analog gauges they love the Magna Helix, the analog manometers. I mean, they they like the old school stuff because it's it's you know tried and tested. It's true. It, it works. Um, but in my opinion, it slows you down. It slows you down. Um, and I could be you know I could be wrong. Uh, if it, if it's working for you and you're seeing and you're seeing success with it. Um, don't change up too much. Uh, but there are tools out there that will help you diagnose. If you have an issue with diagnosing, uh, there are tools out there that will help you, uh, present information to the customer so that the customer can understand what's going on. Um, and that's my thing. I want to be completely transparent with my customers. I want them to understand everything that I understand about their system. Um, 
a lot of times it's not too good for them because they kind of get overwhelmed with information. And as I mentioned before, I'm a part of this group called SBE and that group is kind of helping me get to, uh, get to the point where I'm not overloading the customer with information, but I'm giving them just enough to make an informed decision. And one thing I love about the tools that I use is that it allows me to show them exactly what the system is doing. Um, the tools of the trade are going to determine your level of professionalism. I hate to say it that way, but that's how customers see it. Uh, anytime I bring out, uh, anytime I get up to the door, um, I don't have my tool bag on me because I want it to be a personal experience with the customer. I want them to feel like I'm listening to what they're saying. They're not going to be rushed because I got my tool bag in my hand and I'm ready to get to work. Um, that's just how I do it um, because that's just the vibe that I give off. Uh, other technicians, they go directly to the customer with the tools in hand and it works for them. I'm um, just telling you what works for me. Uh when I get the information that I need to get from the customer, I go back and grab my tool bag and um, almost nine times out of 10, man, the customers are looking at me like, you know, is that all the tools you need? Um, and I'm like, yeah, cause I got a, a very small fill piece uh, bag that holds pretty much everything that I need to diagnose the system. Uh, unless I'm dealing with oil, oil is a completely different beast. I need a big tub of everything there because it's just a mess. Um, it can get dirty and I want to make sure that they that I take care of their system, take care of their home and that I keep everything nice and clean. So my oil, my oil setup is huge. Uh, if you take the Instagram page, you'll see it up there. I got a big, uh, five gallon bucket that, um, that I keep all my oil tools in. And then I have another five gallon bucket that I actually use for the oil. Um, cause I want to go through the proper, you know, procedure to dispose of it and all that good stuff. Um, but normally I just go with a little fill piece bag and uh fill piece is not sponsoring this podcast at all. Um, but I love their tools, man. I mean, they, they have some good products and right now I'm using the job link. Uh, I'm actually using the job link, uh, psychrometer probes and the refrigeration probes. And what the one thing I love about that is that I'm able to have a, a, you know, a detailed analysis report of what's going on with that system. Um, and actually it helped me get to the point where I can understand the temperatures and pressures and how they correlate to certain, uh, diagnostic measurements, um, all from using these tools. Uh, it's easier for me to actually look at what's going on with the pressures and plugging in the data that I need to plug in to be able to, uh, get a, a reading from fill piece, or if you use a measure quick, you can use, use, use measure quick and they can actually tell you what to look for. They tell you some of the things that you need to look out for. They tell you exactly what's going on with the system. If there's a restriction in the TXV, if the system's overcharged, if it's undercharged, if there's a lack of airflow issue. Um, and then basically gives you, and it points you in the direction of where you need to go. And I've been using these tools for, I want to say three or four years now. Um, and it's really helped me grow exponentially in the trade in regards to my knowledge, because now uh, as I'm looking at the pressures, I'm looking at everything that's changing, uh, making an adjustment to the airflow. I'm going back and checking my pressures and I can see everything in real time It's definitely helping me put more things together. I mean, the puzzle pieces are fitting in where they need to fit in. 
Um, I'm not saying you have to go and buy the Philpy set. I mean, there are Testo sets. Um, there are Yellow Jacket sets. I mean, there, there are so many different sets that you can use um, that will do the same exact thing. I, I just I've had uh, more experience with the Philpy's, so I do like the Philpy's equipment. Um, I try to stick with one brand because it's just easier for me uh, when it comes to the electrical part of everything. Um, I don't really use fill piece because to me, that's a whole different, um, you know, area. I normally go with a fluke electrical meter and multimeter, um, because it, to me, they, they're just fluke is electrical in my mind. Um, and fill piece, a lot of the fill piece products that I've, uh, had have done really well for me when it comes to the HVAC portion of it. Um, if there are any companies out here listening and you want to send some products my way so I can test them, I'll be more than happy to do that. Uh, but right now, like I said, fill pieces is pretty much what I'm used to. It's what I'm accustomed to. And it's what works for me. Um, anybody else that knows me knows that I'm a Milwaukee guy. I use Milwaukee, everything. If it's not Milwaukee, uh, I don't use it. <laughs> so, um, uh, if you look at my truck, go to my Instagram page, look at my truck and you'll see the pack out system. You'll see Milwaukee pretty much everywhere on the truck. Um, and these tools have helped me become more efficient. They've helped me become faster. Um, they've helped me in a bind where, uh, you know, I, I'm a guy, I'm a tool guy. So I will literally buy a tool that I think I would need to use, um, that I really don't need right away. And lo and behold, I'll, Four or five months later, six months later, um, I come come across a situation where I need it. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I bought a tool for it. Boom. It works. So um, invest in yourself, man. Invest in yourself. Invest in your your tools. Invest in your future. Um, one thing I love about buying tools and keeping them on my truck is that any if I move from one company to the next, those are my tools. I take them with me. I don't have to worry about. Um, the company taking their own tools back. And then if I move to a different company that doesn't provide the tools, now I got to buy everything up front. You know, it's, it's a lot of benefit to it. And, uh, I think the greatest benefit for me is that, uh, with me having a home, I can actually practice on my home equipment before I actually go to a customer's equipment. And I think that's the, the biggest, um, thing for me in, in learning how to use the equipment that I have is actually learning how to calibrate my gauges, learning how to, you know, um, read the pressures and, and, you know, temperatures on my own personal system, looking at how that thing operates in real time and then going to a customer's house and knowing exactly how it operates, knowing exactly what I need to, uh, explain to the customer, knowing what I need to show them. It makes sense. If you don't have the tools to do the job properly, you can't expect to do a good job. Uh, you're going to be finding yourself trying to jerry rig things on the job. And it's just not, if, if you want to maintain a level of professionalism, if you want to have a certain reputation, um, that customers are going to want to gravitate towards, make sure you invest in yourself, take the job seriously. Um, even though I don't own my own company, any company that I work for to me, they're giving me a little company on wheels. That's how I basically look at it. This is my company within a company. I have a customer base that uh, loves me that they, you know, they only want me to service their equipment. Um, and I, I make sure that 
I invest in myself because the knowledge that I have, no one can take away from me. If a company that I'm with shuts down, I should be in a position where I can take a crayon box, throw it on the floor, pick up a color, and that's the shirt that I'm wearing the next day. That's just how I look at things. So when it comes to investing in myself, I take that seriously. Educational materials. If there's books I need, if there's videos I need, um, if there's groups I need to belong to, if, if it's something that will help me grow uh, as an individual, something that will help me grow uh, spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, um, I, I, I tend to invest in myself because I understand that uh, everything that I'm doing now is going to prepare me for what's going on in the future. Right. So everything that I did five years ago prepared me for exactly what I'm doing today. Um, almost precisely to the T. Uh, and the things that I'm doing now, the stuff that I'm learning now is going to prepare me for what is going to be coming next. So I try not to take anything for granted. I try to put myself in a position to where I'm always learning something. Um, even on a day where it's, it may be a mild day. I'm only doing two or three calls. I mean, the weather's perfect. So I know I'm going to be getting off early. What can I do today to invest in myself, whether it be educational, whether it be tool wise, um, whatever it is, what can I do to invest in myself to make sure that the goals that I have set for this future uh, endeavor is going to be met? And that's just how I do it. So invest in yourself. Yes, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yes, tools are expensive. Are they worth it? Ask me that when you have a call in the middle of the night and you don't have the proper tool to get the job done. So there have been too many times where, I mean, literally one, two, three in the morning, I don't have the tool I need to get it done. And I'm struggling just trying to get the customer cooling or heating throughout the night. And I'm kicking myself in the in, in the butt because I didn't spend that $15, $20 on the tool or $30, $40 on the tool or $100 to $200 on the tool. I will tell you this. I got so tired of my vacuum pump and my vacuum setup uh, taking two to three hours to actually pull a good vacuum that I ended up investing in the fill piece. It was a VP85. Which is, which is the 8 CFM uh, vacuum pump where you can actually change the oil while the system's running. And I ended up purchasing the True Blue evacuation kit. Now, when I tell you I can pull a vacuum so fast now, it cuts my time in half. And, you know, when I first started out in the trades, overtime was extremely important to me. Um, because I, I knew that I was not making a lot of money per hour. So in order for me to make up the deficit, I had to work a lot of overtime. Now I'm at the point now where I don't have to do that much overtime uh, because my skills have made a way for me to be able to uh, work, you know, very minimal hours. If I want, if I want to, I can do overtime. Uh, but when I say minimal, I mean, 50 to 60 hours. That's that's minimal for me. Um because, uh, you know, I just, I just enjoy working. Um, 
So there is still overtime in there. But my thing now is I want to get more efficient at my job, uh, even if that means I can uh, slow down to, to, you know, take more time with the customer, take more time with the system. Um, but whatever it is, I want to be able to do the job efficiently. So if it takes uh, three and a half hours to do a coil correctly, correctly, I want to be able to do that coil in two and a half hours. Um, if you're doing a coil in an hour, hour and a half, you're skipping steps. Um, you're pulling a vacuum way too fast. I mean, it's a lot of stuff involved with that. So refrigerant repairs, take your time with them just to start out. And then as you get, as you get better, they will get easier. They will get shorter, but a one hour refrigerant repair is unheard of. Hour and a half refrigerant repair is unheard of. It's just, I don't believe it can be done properly. Um, because there's too many moving parts, too many things to test. That's just me. I I could be wrong, but Hey, that's just me. Um, but then also I needed these tools to be able to back up what I was saying, right? If I'm in a diagnostic situation where the customer does not really believe what I'm saying, now I have proof and now I have something that can back me up. Um, if there is a situation where I need to document, how long it takes to get to a vacuum, uh, how long it takes to get to 500 microns, how long did that vacuum hold, uh, if I was able to perform a triple evac, things like that. Now I have the documentation because the tools support me. So this stuff is important. As you begin to progress in the trade, as your value increases with the company, as your hourly wage increases, um, your tools should also increase. Um, the amount of money that you put into your comfortable, uh, workwear should increase. Um, you know what I mean? Because you're now you're in a position to where you have to take care of yourself. You have to think about your longevity now. Um, and being able to do things quicker, more efficiently and accurately is the key. So, um, I'm not going to bore you. not going to talk your head off. I'm just going to say this, invest in yourself. All right. (laughs) Hey, um, again, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for the support. The HVAC Apprentice Podcast on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. Like me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I always follow back whoever follows. Um, So until next time, I will catch you guys later.